G'day and welcome to a Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC, so thank you very much to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the shows at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts and Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. One more thing I just want to remind everyone in this COVID-19 era, this is just a little reminder that the clarity of the recording isn't quite as good as when we can do this live in the studio because we're doing this remotely. So our apologies there, but we're going to do the best we can. Um, you know, the important thing for us is that we wanted to continue with the programming, even with COVID-19, making us change a few things around in order to do that. But like I said, we're going to go ahead and uh, hopefully you will enjoy our programming as we move forward in, in this uncertain times. So today, I would like to introduce you to Suyin Olgan, who is doing a PhD in English Language and Literature supervised by Dr. Brooke Cameron. Now, of course, Suyin has been on the show many times. And if you weren't aware, Suyin helps me every week with doing the editing for our shows, which Luckily, she enjoys doing because it's an opportunity for her to sort of hear about the research that her colleagues are doing as well. So it's a bit of a win-win, I reckon, for everybody. So, Suyin, thanks once again for coming on the show. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me again. And I'm not hijacking it this time. No, you're not hijacking it. <laughs> so you can get payback <laughs> my quizzing. I love it. It's funny because sometimes uh, uh, during the uh, end of year sessions when we're trying to get some programming uh, to be done for over the, the holiday period there, um, Suyin and I keep looking at, okay, and what can we bring up and what did we enjoy? And it yes. just takes us around and around and going, oh, remember that Remember that interview? That was really neat. Yes. And I mean, you do it in three minutes for the last Oh, yeah. Year. Well, I, I yeah. think I failed that actually, but... Well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to do this in a couple of parts. The first part is going to be very quick and just reminding everyone of what Suyin is doing in her own research. Yeah. And then the second part is uh, we want to talk to Suyin because as, as we're all doing right now, we're working from home as our, our students, but Suyin also has an added, I don't know what you want to call it without sounding, sounding awful, an added distraction in the fact that she's a mum and looking after her, her nine-year-old child, which is no mean feat. So we're going to get to talk to her a little bit about that. She's actually seven. Oh, seven. <laughs> I'm always making him older than what he is. I... <laughs> he's tall and very uh, smart mouth. So maybe that's why. <laughs> well, I just can't tell the age of kids these days anyway. So even the ones in undergrad, they look look so much younger. And yet here I am making your child older. But, <laughs> but there we go. So Suyin, your research is into how Victorians wrote about food science and nutrition, literary and non-literary texts. Yeah. So do you want to give us just a bit of an overview of what, what that is? Because I know throughout your time doing your PhD, you've changed your angle every every now and then. Yes, I, <laughs> So I you started well. off in one way and then, then you switched it up a little bit. So technically, wow, I haven't thought about my, you know, this is why I need a three-minute thesis competition. 
<laughs> because I, it, it has just evolved so much. The first interview we did when I was talking about Tom Brown's school days and this right. of food and masculinity and how we learned so much about how those expectations about the masculine body are thought through references of food and feasting and gendered diets, right? So what the child has to eat to become the masculine, strong self who's going to defend the the nation. And then the mother making sure that that the kids have the specific dietary regulation to grow up strong and healthy. So that, right. that's where my research started, and and that was the first grad chat I did with he. It was. Yes. And then after that, I came back to talk about garlic and vampires. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and that comes from another area of my research, which also is related to, to food studies in vampire literature. And again, those references about the vampire hunters needing to have a strong body to fight the vampire invasion right and we talked about the ways that this references to garlic have been all about the narratives of infection of protecting the body against a parasitic infection or a transformation like with the vampire right having those those protections and having that strength in the body so for me my research of all because I started reading a lot of medical texts from the 19th century, reading about the food industry, the science of nutrition, and how those discourses were in conversation with each other between educators and philosophers, but also physicians and chemists and writers. So we see those, I I study those patterns of how Victorians thought about and wrote about food. And, and, and science and what right. we can learn about that in relationship, how we approach nutrition and how we perceive the food industry and, and how it affects us. So it has come to that point now where I'm supposed to close it or you know, <laughs> conclude something. <laughs> But, Conclude. I love that. Yes, <laughs> but I'm working on it. I get, you know, research is, is, is just so fun and there's always something new to learn. So I just need to know that for the dissertation, I think we talked about this, is there's a moment when you know how to say it all in the dissertation, right? It's an introduction. Right. But I have, I think a lot of students like myself, I hope, <laughs> struggle with that. <laughs> when when you do you stop? Exactly. And that's why, just for people wanting to know, that Su Yin wanted to do the three-minute thesis this year because that's one way of, re- first of all, reminding us what was the topic we want to actually talk about Mm -hmm. or research and gives us an opportunity sort of bring it back in together onto one tangent as opposed to going off in all these other different areas because it it is particularly when you love reading Mm -hmm. it is very easy to go off on all sorts of tangents yes I just had a different we're going to talk about this a bit later when we get to the parent part Mm -hmm. but those tangents happen even outside of your own research yeah when it comes to research the tangents happen (laughs) oh it is I mean I'm always going off on a tangent and everyone goes Colette stop it Mm. (laughs) all right so 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 you're getting on with that but of course we're in new times now so what what I would like to go on to is talking about what it is like being you know what it's like being a student parent during this during the COVID-19 era that we're all in right now so with that sort of background of what I've just said there can you tell us about your family First of all, what what does your family constitute, so to speak? 
So it constitutes one seven-year-old and two elderly cats. <laughs> Who were featured quite prominently in yeah. the odd newsletter that we sent out. Yes, I get interrupted during my work almost as much by the two cats and the seven-year-old. So <laughs> that's that's the family. That's our family, and we always I always tell Nathan that uh, our cats are our roommates. So we share right. the space, and it gets uh, hectic and frustrating sometimes. But yes, I have a seven-year-old. He's in grade two. Under the circumstances, I'm doing the the home learning throughout the day right. with him, which adds a bit more pressure for you too. It does because we we are adapting to the change of just learning to work at home in a very different way because we're used to. I'm used to working from home. I have my, my office is here. I don't have an office on campus anymore. But I'm not used to not going anywhere else. I always had the option to go to the library or to, to go to campus, to a cafe, or just take a walk or do different right. things and then pick him up my and do the mom thing. Right. But, and it's interesting because I remember you uh, last week, you sent us a picture of how you've had to rearrange your office at home to accommodate yes. Nathan's desk as well, so that you can both be studying at the same time, so to speak. I, I had to. <laughs> it was, you know I, I had to adapt it because he needs to be using my computer to do right. some of the assignments the, the school board is using google classroom so there's right. a lot of assignments done online like ebooks and completing math games and, and things like that so whenever he was the first week he was a little bit of a battle because it's my space and then there's this little person now coming in who is also <laughs> using the space and and right. at, at some point say you know what you have your own desk in the room and I know he, he wants to be next to me if he right and I figured that just bringing in the desk and making the space something functional for both of us will be more harmonious yes and but it didn't match it was red so I ended up painting it. So it will be zen, you know, there has to be symmetry. <laughs> in, in, well, actually, to be honest, the picture looked a little pinkish. That's probably why I didn't like it either. But it certainly looks a lot better being blue. Yes. And it matches my bookshelves. So now <laughs> it's, there's there's harmony. That's what so I So you've had to be, you had to become a handy person as well mm -hmm. and change things up. It was. It's interesting. You said, are, are you still having to share your computer? Right now, yes. Because I thought if, because children... I thought, and I could be wrong here, but I thought if children didn't have access to a computer for doing homeschooling, that they can have, they can request one from the, the province, but maybe I got that wrong. You can request support from the school board, but there are a lot right. of kids who don't, whose have parents, who don't have any technology at home. And I think right. that since I can share with him, I can make it work with him. It's right. it's better for the other families who do not have access to that technology at home to right. benefit from that program. Yeah, which, which is understandable. Although in your your situation, or like I guess a lot of people, where anyone who's working from home now is having to use their computer. So if they, they might have had one in the household, but maybe they need two that now. But but yeah. you're right though. I mean, we have to make sure those who don't have any access whatsoever. Mm -hmm can have access so those children don't get left behind. Exactly. So, um, and so was, yeah, yes, you're right. I was reading today that they have distributed about 2,000 devices. Not sure if, if that's iPads or laptops, but right. 2,000 right. devices in Kingston alone. 
to Over families. To yeah. Right. And it has been two weeks since the home learning program started. Right. So I don't know how many more families are still in need of electronics. In need. Mm-hmm. So have you had time for your own research? And, you know, what does that look like for you right now? You know, because, <laughs> you know, you've got your own research and then you've got to look after make sure that Nathan gets his homeschooling. So how, how's that? How's your own research going right now for starters? My own research right now is on pause. Right. It's, it has been a period of adapting. It's to adapting to the new environment, to the new circumstances. Yeah. And since this is, we just finished week two of home learning. I'm hoping that now that we're getting a sense of what's going on, what assignments look like, and we're finding our ways that my day right. can be organized better to accommodate to give my own time research. to do yours. Yes, mm, because right. I get some readings here and there and ideas or scribbling from time to time. But the actual sitting down has not happened in a way that it would in the past because... right. Then it's lunchtime and you won't believe how good they are making you feel guilty. <laughs> and so it's it's a process. I will say that adapting, it's important yeah. before I can something more. I, I, th- I think it's right. I think we've all had to adapt, but you've had a double whammy of having to adapt because the first adaptation was when we're told we all have to work from home. Mm-hmm. And even though you you often work from home, you were in your space by yourself. Mm-hmm. Then, then you're at home in a confined space, so to speak, and wanting, you know, your kid needing attention as well. But now that schooling has started again for children, um, then there's an extra part of adapting. Yes. As you said, of of bringing that into your normal day, Mm -hmm. what is going to be your normal day for a little while anyway. And, you know, that's another adaption. Then the next one, of course, will be when summer comes, when they're not in school. (laughs) You've got a a few adaptations you're going to sort of have to try and um, sort out, which is not easy at the best of times. So how are you using your, the skills that you've learned as a grad student right now, to I guess there's two parts of this one is being a student yourself but also using your skills that you have learned along the way say in teaching for organizing your your own work but as at the same time keeping um, Nathan on track with his schooling how how have you done that it came out of frustration I'm gonna be honest with you (laughs) there were tears involved (laughs) good Oh, well, I didn't want to hear that part, but that, but, but it's all, but you're being, you're being honest. So that's good. That's, that's one of the things that is important to me about this is to, to recognize, because I know that I'm not the only graduate student parent out here who's, who's Mm -hmm. going through this, right? And I want to recognize that we're all, that it's difficult, that it is normal that it is this difficult and that it's normal that some days you just want to cry and they want to cry yeah. and they are not perfect days but it, it but right. it came out out of that the, the frustration of we started getting assignments little short assignments and there, there are a lot of assignments involving writing and storytelling which right. as a writer I take for granted that it is a very difficult process for children for some children to learn for others right. math is a difficulty for Nathan it's not so he can get through the math very quickly but he struggles a lot with the composition part and the handwriting right. part. So we are here doing this lesson and he's just, just start, he gets very frustrated and starts crying because he cannot come up with a story. He, he just can't and he's frustrated about it. And I'm frustrated about it because I don't know how to help him. 
And that's right. when it clicked. That's when I realized, okay, I remember being in this situation before during my teaching training and my my uh, my supervisor at the time, my employer, uh, Dr. John Pierce, who's also the vice provost of teaching and learning. He said, mm-hmm. you know, when I don't know where to start, I like to use, I just sit down and I open my, my Abrams, which is a glossary of literary terms. And I go from there. And right. that's what I did. I said, you know what, let's just do this. Let's, this is your student and you need to find a way for the student to understand the material. Let's do this. And I opened my glossary and I started doing just the basics, go back to basics, the basics of plot and character and setting. And then we came up with this little word ma- uh, mental mapping and very step by step. So just tell me something about your character. Where does this take place? And of course, it was, we, I had to compromise because he wanted to write about two monkeys pooping. But you know what? I'm, oh. gonna, I'm not going to pick my, I have, you have to pick your battles. The important part was <laughs> that he, engage with the material I suppose right right and so we started from there and later on when I started thinking about my own difficulty explaining certain things to my students along the way especially when it came to my class in children's literature and I remember talking to Dr. Shelley King and he was just talk about three important things what do they need to know don't try to cover everything and I started using that in my approach to helping Nathan get through the assignments Right, right. We're not trying to replicate the classroom environment. It's impossible. I don't have the training and I don't have the energy to be as as encouraging as I should be, not in the way that he's used to with his teachers. Well, I think... I think it brings up a couple of things there, though, is one, you said, you know, you're not a teacher, although mm-hmm. luckily you've had a background in teaching undergrads, for mm-hmm. example. Undergrad is very different to a seven-year-old, yes. but you, you do have some some training mm-hmm. per se in, in what to look for. And in, in this particular instance with your literature, Yes, I can imagine, well, I can't imagine what it must be like for those parents who are now helping with homeschooling who have never done some sort of teaching work in their life before and now apart from you know helping the kid with homework each night helping the kid during the day for a full class is very very different yes it is when we don't know how to do it to be honest and they they are frustrated as well this is not an environment that they particularly enjoy either because it feels like a vacation they want to watch tv they want to enjoy they want to go outside and they can't. So they're also very full of energy. And they, and they don't necessarily want mum or dad telling no. them to sit down and do a class. Mm-hmm. They don't want to. And they miss their friends. And they miss their teachers too. Right. And so right. there's resistance on that side as well. And the fact that this doesn't feel like school. They don't, if, and Nathan told me this, this is not school, this is homework. And they don't like right. homework to begin with. Right. So it, we are going, we're, we're facing the emotional component from the children as well. It's not just us who are struggling, it's them as well. They're also going through a very hard time adapting to this new environment. And that makes it more challenging for parents, I find. Right. Yeah. But but you said that, it, for instance, because I'm sure Nathan isn't just doing English literature or literature sort of stuff, storyboarding and things. So how are you helping him for those subjects that maybe you're not that familiar with, such as math and anything else that they do at that point? that age group how are you finding finding that oh you know what that is the one thing I enjoy so much about 
English literature <laughs> that I can just go, even with my own research, you know me, I just go into, I can easily make those connections to the sciences and to right. the math. With the math, we have an app. So Prodigy is a math learning software okay. and right. they, they use it at school. And I think it's okay. only for Ontario. Right. Uh, so they have those exercises. And funny enough, it's all about challenges. It's, it's a it's a quest like right. virtual world where they are fighting different dragons or and Okay, well that's good. They had to solve a math problem to use their power against their it's a quest like Okay, so that's thing. good. So they've made it more realistic or mm-hmm. more exciting more for exciting. them to learn. Yes. And we have these little exercises that he completes on his own because he enjoys it. And in the list of resources that he circulated for the last week's newsletter there are a lot of other apps that are similar to prodigy that you can right have the children practice their additions and, sub- and subtractions and things like that so we we use that software a lot for math for the other ones we started with a friend of ours gave us this book called called dragonology and we started just by reading about finding dragons and the world map and then we started talking about those stories about or those myths about dragons and we knew that he liked they, they like precious sto- stones and he asked right. about what are precious stones what are minerals what's the difference and they go oh this is a great this is a great opportunity Se- to segue, great segue into, into it yes science and we ended up just reading about minerals or watching videos from national geographic on how you harvest uh gold or how the mines work and what's the difference between the different type of rocks and and yeah so that led to exploring those areas I think that's really good I mean it might not be the same as being in a classroom but there's other there's of course lots of different ways for our children to learn Mm -hmm. things and and a lot of that's from curiosity and then taking that curiosity to saying okay well let's go and check that out I used to remember my mum used always to say I'm not going to tell you it. You go and find out about it. You know, mm-hmm. you know where to go and look. So go and search for it yourself. So I think this is great. And it kind of reminds me too of being at, being at university where I mean, what you're doing now is you're researching something. You've got an interest in it. Yes. You sort of picked your interest. Let's go off and find out what does that all mean. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's kind of kind of putting both in. It's, it's interesting too. There are a lot of good apps for the parents out there at the moment. Mm-hmm um for to help with the with the learning and and thank you again for sending out that list which of course we put on our website now to help other student parents so that is great and I know our faculty of education have been doing some fabulous fabulous work in giving ideas for families Mm -hmm. to keep their keep their children occupied in these unusual times yes so I mean you mentioned it a little bit about how Nathan feels (laughs) but do you think he is enjoying being at home all this time or I mean I know you said he misses his mates and I know there's ways now you can sort of catch up with people online but the thing is, do we want to do everything online all the time? Do they get bored of that after a while? You know, it's that's a great question because for for my child, there are problems that I identified with the when it comes mm-hmm. to the online learning. Although the math component and other uh, the, the ebooks and all of that help you help them read it, so somebody else is reading and highlighting the words for them in the video. That saves you time from doing it with them. So perfect for parents who are working at the same time and the kid can just sit and look at the ebook and have all of that done for them Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time when it comes to the writing 
Nathan is still at a level where he has to practice his handwriting. And you can't right. practice if you're typing, right? So sitting down to do that, uh, we know we've been through it. It is all about tracking and repetition. And we just sit down and, and track letters over and over until we master the skill. That's a skill that you cannot build with technology. I, I have tried the apps as well. I have tried the pencil as well with, with the, and I'm a fan of, of these applications, but right. I'm an adult. I know how to do it. For yes. kids who know how to do it already, excellent. But for children who are still in need of practice, mm -hmm. it's difficult to motivate them to do it when they know they can type it, when they know right. they can click with their, just click an icon on the iPad that does it for right. them. So that's a challenge that I'm still learning to negotiate with him. He obviously doesn't like it. He doesn't want to <laughs> sit down to write it. So we do it both ways. We write on the right. board. We do our mapping on the board. We type to submit the assignment, but I also send pictures of his handwriting so the right. teacher can see that, that, he is that doing he's it. doing it too. Yeah. That's good. So yes, there's, there, there are many options and you don't need, you can do it without the technology. I know that it's, it's, it's an advantage. But mm -hmm. all of this type of activities that you can do to get them through their assignments, uh, it's, it's good to take their lead, what, they, what they're interested in, and, and let them... Right. And the, the usual word that we're saying a lot of now, adapt, adapt. to the circumstances that yes. we're in. Yes. So do you think, I know you said this is the end of week two of homeschooling. Uh, are you hoping then within another week or so that, that there'll be a better routine in in your um, place so that you can actually then start concentrating on trying to finish your research because you're near the end of your, yeah. your degree and I know I'm sure you're wanting to try and finish it. Um, so do you think it's going to be much longer before you can, you, can, you can get yourself into a routine where you can actually spend at least one or two hours a day on your, your work? I'm hoping to. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a lot of emphasis and this is the part of the research and the tangents where I, I started doing research on how to help them, like handwriting, how to motivate right. them and yep. or how to, how to, what type of paper you can use to help them distinguish the size of letters. And that led me to articles on this and articles on that, so, you know. Right, And right. one of the patterns I noticed in the, in the way that we talk about this homeschooling or home learning is about schedules and consistency, but that doesn't right. work for every kid. And that doesn't work yep. for someone like me either. <laughs> I wish it did. And I, and I wanted to make it more, uh, more of a standardized every day from this time to this time we do this, but I know right. that it's, it's a lot of pressure at the moment. Yeah. So I'm yeah. hoping that at least, like you said, squeezing those two hours, if we can both do our work together for two hours. Yeah. Um, that's my aim. It doesn't matter if it's first thing in the morning, hopefully before lunch, but yes. I want to make sure that we both are on the same space, I suppose, where we're yes. ready to do it rather than wait, taking four hours, fighting him for two, <laughs> and then yes. too exhausted to sit down to write. Right. I think that one day at a time. And yeah, because I think if you can at least do, if you can try and get two hours in a day, mm -hmm. two hours is better than nothing, exactly. right? 
Yes. And, and, and hopefully two hours of quality time mm-hmm. as opposed to four hours of interrupted, which, like you said, can be exhausting. Yes, yes. It, these assignments are not very long, but it, they can take hours because he's yeah. writing a sentence every 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> and right. for me, that's, that's a frustration that I also have to work on. So my goal right now is to, now that we have the space, now that we have adapted that we have learned what works for us Yes. to make sure that we just listen to each other, we talk it out and hope for the best. That's well, It's going to be interesting. I think a lot of families are going to um, find this time that we're, we're in very much of a bonding time, I reckon, <laughs> with with the, with the family members. Either going to make or break, but hopefully, yes. <laughs> hopefully, it will make the the ties, the family ties, a lot stronger yeah. um, for moving forward. Uh, Su Yin, thank you for coming on. I know you're you're busy, as as you've um, alluded to in the interview. So I really do appreciate oh. you coming on again to to do the show and explain what it is like being a student parent, which is hard enough in in normal times, but um, an, an extra challenge during COVID nineteen. So I really do appreciate you coming on the show again. Oh no, thank you for having me again, again, again. And, and of course, I'm going to give you more work because you're going to be editing this after. But yes, the- please, yes, please <laughs> give me some work, please. <laughs> so um i guess we're going to have to call it quits there so like i said thank you very much and uh, that's it everyone another week of grad chat sadly comes to an end don't forget you can download this show tomorrow from either itunes google Podcasts, or stitcher just type in a grad chat until next week this is cj the dj signing off with a big hooray Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.